And thank you, thank you, Jim Wiggins for, uh, and Lois for leading our BYF group and for the work you all do. BYF stands for Best Year's Fellowship or Bring Your Food, either one you want to do. It's, we, we eat every time we meet. So, uh, and thanks Pastor Mike for letting us have this opportunity to, uh, to uh, share and to have this, have this service this morning. They say that every, uh, every uh, good speaker who can relate to his audience ought to have three, meet three criteria. I meet two of those, not three. White hair for the mature look, glasses for the intellectual look, and hemorrhoids for the concerned look. I'm just two of three. Uh, if you heard some creaking or moaning or some noises like that just before service, don't be alarmed. That was just the choir coming up those back steps. <laughs> well, we're all members, those of us who are up here and many of you who are out there, we're, we're all members of this elite uh, senior citizens organization. And, but you know, our young people, they... Uh, they have this song. It's been going along for a long time and they do the motions with it. You know that YMCA? Y'all know that? Y'all know that? We're singing AARP, AARP. That's what we sing now. So uh, I, I, I was thinking about old age and decided old age is when you have something on the ball, but you're just too tired to bounce it. <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. And you know, when, you, when you're old and you start getting old, you, you, you start getting a little more daring, really, and you want to do things. You said you thought about this all along, and, and, uh, and uh, you just say, I'm going to do this. You know, your bucket list, before you die, you're going to do this. And so I, just, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. You know, we, re, we, we sign forms all the time. And, uh, and on these forms, uh, you know, you've, you fill these out. It says... In case of emergency, uh, who should we call? And I want to put on there 911, you dope. <laughs> who else would you call? There's some other things I've learned growing old that birds of a feather flock together and then potty on your car. That's, they do that. <laughs> I've also discovered that the older you get, it's harder to lose weight because by then your body and your fat have gotten to be really good friends and they don't want to part. And just one other thing I've, I've noticed about getting old. You know you're getting old when everything either dries up or leaks. It just, it just that's just old age. They say being old is, is comfortable, but being young is beautiful. Well, anyway, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, my privilege, my honor, great joy to uh, conclude my active pastoral ministry at this church uh, for eight years and coming up on just the eighth of next month, I'll be retired one year and it's been a really fast, fast year. 
I don't know if I've ever worked any harder in my whole life than I did when I retired. I want to ask you a question. And this pertains not only to those of you who, who are old or young at heart or whatever you want to, want to call yourself. And it really pertains to the graduates. It pertains to all these kids up here in the balcony and down here. And this is the question, and you're going to have to answer this question, and I hope you find the answer to this question very soon. And the question is, is life worth living? Is it worth living? Two verses we're going to look at this morning. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, the thief comes only to kill, to steal, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And then Paul just seems to tag on to that in Philippians 1.21 where he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Both of these scriptures deal with life. So I have a question that I'm posing again this morning. Is life worth living? Well, I'll tell you something retired life is. I don't know about the rest of you, but retired life is. But living according to Jesus and Paul and so many others meant more than just existing. It meant more than just, just, just going along. And, and it, mean, it meant having real life. And if you don't have life in Christ, what you really are are the walking dead. And so I want to talk to you about this. And it reminded me of a, of a, of a guy I pastored uh, many years ago. I, I, uh, his name was Jerry, and at the age of 37 years old, he had been married and divorced three times. And he sat in my living room one evening, and he said, I have nothing to show for my life. I thought that's one of the saddest statements I ever heard from somebody so young as that. You see, it, to live in the truest sense of the word is more than being rich. It is more than being well-educated. It is more than being well-mannered. It is more than being philanthropic. Life in Christ is what really matters. And many in this room and those who have joined me on this platform this morning will attest to the fact that life in Christ is really worth living. Amen? Well, then I want to I explore this, this subject or this question by asking you a series of question and questions. And the first question is, why is this a pertinent question today? Why is this a pertinent question today? Well, I'll tell you why it's a pertinent question today. World conditions are deteriorating as we meet right now. Hurry and worry, revolt and revolution are two sets of twins which characterize our day and accentuate this subject that is before us this morning. And what a world we are living in today. Politically, there is a, a, a contention as to who is to govern whom and to what extent. The very constitution of our country is being attacked from those in high places, and it's wrong. Economically, we are dealing with affluence and inflation. We are dealing with poverty and starvation. Socially, there seems to be tension at all levels of our society, race, rank, and age groups. 
Spiritually, church attendance is in serious decline in this country while sin is on the rampage and the Bible is being scoffed at and sinfully reinterpreted by many people in many places. In fact, the gays are doing their best to redefine marriage and get this, they want to marry while many of the straight people have abandoned marriage and have decided to just live together. I want to tell you on the authority of God's word that both these groups are wrong. They are wrong. Our world has gone mad and many are seriously pondering the question, is life worth living? This question is very pertinent. Well, secondly, who is asking this question? Who is asking this question? Is life worth living? I'll tell you who's answering this question. These teens and these children and those all the way up through high school and college are asking this question. Is life worth living? There are more broken homes, more single parent homes now than ever before. And in many homes today where both parents are present, there isn't any even meaningful conversation taking place. Every member of the family now has their little smartphone. You know what they are. And they sit around the table with these devices and everybody's got one in their hand now and they're eating their food and doing their texting and and going online. No one is asking, how was your day? What's on your mind? Tell me what's bothering you. Tell me something that made you smile today. No, there's no conversation. They're meeting, but they're not looking at each other. They're not talking to each other, and nothing, nothing, nothing is happening. The, these are the ones who have some serious questions, and it seems that mom and dad don't really care to listen to the questions or give them spiritual answers. They are left to make decisions on their own about money, about morals, about vocation, and it's no wonder that many of them crash and burn and they turn to illicit sex, drugs, violence, you name it. Many of them, though, are simply trying to get somebody's attention. So they're asking this question, is life really worth living? I'll tell you who else is asking this question. The unmarried of both sexes who know the ache of loneliness in a marked manner are asking this question, is life worth living? They feel life has cheated them out of love, out of their homes and families. They in turn have resorted to alcohol and drugs and sexual promiscuity with sexually transmitted diseases now at an all-time high and they too by their actions are asking this question is life worth living is there any meaning to life is there any purpose in in living and 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 what am I supposed to do and and how am I supposed to make sense out of all of this middle-aged parents and grandparents are asking this question as well many middle-agers are finding it Uh, Tough to find work, especially if they are seeking a career change. We're living in the computer age, as you know, and I'll tell you something, some of us just can't catch up. I can't catch up. Barely know how to plug the thing in. And for people in this age group, the nest is now empty and you have to adjust. But don't worry about that. The grandkids are coming and they'll tell you how to work your computer and everything else you've got in your house. But I have witnessed with many parents, the heartache and the heartbreak 
of rearing their children in a Christ-centered home where the Bible was read and, and prayers were offered and, and God's word was honored and church attendance was vital and yet see some of these children become adults and turn away from all they know to be right and righteous. It is the heartbreak of so many parents and they, they second guess themselves and, and they heap undeserved guilt on themselves and to the point of saying, well, was it worth it? Is life worth really living? Was it worth it? Look, look what's happened. And it's like they, they were, watched a, an explosion right before them and, and their children were going in a way that they never dreamed they would go. Well, Aged people also ask this question. Senior citizens ask this question. Many of them surely know the ache of loneliness. Many feel scorned, hated. Some even feel shoved out into what one has called the waiting room of death. In many cases, they feel like they're in somebody's way and that their opinions don't matter anymore at all. And so now they feebly ask, is life worth living? Is it worth living? There's another group though, and we can just, we can just if you weren't any of, the, any of those groups, and you should have been in one of those groups, but if you weren't in any of those groups, just people in general are asking this question. There are people, many people who are disappointed with their lot in life Constantly, simply just drifting from here to there, marriages crumbling, looking for a new thrill and, and just have no, no compass, no, no sense of direction in life. They're just disappointed with their lot, lot in life. And then there are those who are, who are discouraged by their recent and repeated failures and, and some of those people consider themselves chronic failures. They're, they're just down all the time. Then there are those who are diseased and handicapped and, and are constantly depressed and, and defeated about their lot in life. And all of us, hear me, all of us in some of our gloomiest moments have been tempted to wonder or even ask if life really is worth living. And some have dangerously concluded that it is not. And that's a sad, sad thing to ask that question and come to that conclusion. Well, I want to tell you how some have answered that question, how some have answered it. Long ago, there was a wise man named Solomon who said he had tried everything under the sun. In other words, Solomon said, if, I'd, if I had lived in your day, I'd, I would have tried. I'd gone the, the dope scene, the drug scene, the, the alcohol scene, the, the sexual promiscuity scene. I'd have, Solomon would have said, I've tried it all. And he says in Ecclesiastes, meaningless, meaningless. It's just all meaningless. Didn't get what, out of it what I thought I was going to get out of it. It's just meaningless. And so people in that category, some have answered it like this. The, the, the suicidal person has answered it, no, everything I have tried has let me down, fallen flat, and I'll just end it all. The cynic sneers, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog existence. Step on whomever you have to get to 
or to get on to get to the top and do whatever you can to get there. Just look out for number one. Look out for yourself. That's the way he answers it. The pessimist would answer it, I'm afraid life isn't worth living. And the materialist says, maybe if it, it is, if I could just accumulate a, some more stuff, if I could just get a few more things, life would be worth living. John D. Rockefeller was asked, what would it take to make you happy? And he said, just another dollar. Just didn't get quite enough. Just didn't have quite enough. On and on we might go. But there is another group to which we can ask this question. The true Christians, let's ask them, is life worth living? So if you are one of those people who calls yourself a Christian, you walk with Christ, you know Christ, he is your savior, he is your friend, you know he has forgiven you of your sins, then how must you answer this question? How must you answer it? We who know Jesus, we must give and continue to give the positive answer to this question. Despite fears, frustrations, and enemies with vicious schemes, we must say from the bottom of our heart, God is love and God gave life. God is love and God sent Jesus to give us eternal life and he is my savior and he makes life worth living. And we must answer positively. God designed and patterned uh, the course of life to make it worth living if we allow Jesus Christ to have first place in our life. Nothing else matters. You see, because we've got to tell the world that the worth of life is in the son of life and his name is Jesus Christ. So we tell people, come to Jesus. You've tried everything else. Try Jesus. The invitation is to real life with real purpose and meaning. And we hear our Savior say in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Don't go to those things that you've found that do not satisfy, that do not meet the deep longing of your heart, that do not fill that void that is there in your life. Come to me, I will fill it because I'm the only one who can. And we must tell people, we must tell people that Jesus calling is calling all who are weary with life, with its loneliness, its disappointment, its lostness, its bitterness, its sin. He says, come to me, bring your guilt, bring your sin, bring your loss to me. Hear him say again, bring your troubled heart to me. Listen, as a man who felt he was the greatest sinner who ever lived. Listen, as he said, the apostle Paul said, he used to say, I was the chiefest, I was the number one, he felt he was the number one sinner in the world. But Jesus changed his life to the extent that he could boldly proclaim, for me to live is Christ, and if I die, it's gain, not loss, it's gain. He is the Christ for all ages and for every, every age. Thanks be to God. In the St. Lawrence River, there's this wild, dangerous stretch of water known as the Long Salt Rapids. It is rock lined, and a boat could easily be smashed to pieces making its way through that passage. But before a boat enters 
that stretch, they take on a pilot who knows every yard of the rapids and the controls of the boat are placed in the hands of the pilot. Even though the boat at times seems dangerously close to the jagged rocks protruding from the banks, the pilot knows about them and he knows the way to get the boat safely through. Well, Jesus is saying to you and me, the passage called life is navigable if you'll let me pilot your ship. So we want to say, move over and give the controls to Jesus. Just turn the controls of your life over to Jesus. Christ is still the answer and will always be the answer to the question, is life worth living? Now, I want to make a confession to you this morning that I'm going to end this message in a little different way than what I had planned. Because I started thinking early this morning again about this question. And there are many in this congregation of whom I could speak who would gladly stand up. I could call your name and I would ask you that question I'd pose that question to you and you would stand up and you would say a resounding yes, life is worth living and you would give testimony to that. And so I just started thinking about people in this church and and I've heard your stories and and I've prayed with you and I I know some of the burdens you've you've carried over the last, the the, the past eight years that, that I pastored this church, I Knows, know some things and, and some things you told me in confidence that I've never shared with anybody else, but I, I know those, some of those burdens. I know some of those heartaches. And, I, and, and then when I see you living for Christ, when I see you holding your head up high, it just thrills me. It's a great witness to me because I know some of the burdens that you carry. But I was thinking about, I was thinking about these people up here in this choir, People that I love, I love all of you, but I, I love these people too. And uh, we don't want to forget them. We don't want to forget them. These, these people, many of these people paved the way for us to have this church here. And, you know, this church was built and paid for before I ever came on the scene. So I don't have a, a dollar invested in this building and in these grounds. But many of you who are here this morning, many of these people here, Oh, I mean, put their, put their self on the line for this church to have this building and have this, this wonderful facility and that family life center, which is second to none, to have that. And we are indebted to you. But I was thinking a little deeper than that because this is just brick and mortar and, and wood and all that. I was thinking deeper than that when I, when I thought about this. And, and I, I see my friend right down here in the front, Ray Flash. Ray Flash. Uh, some of you don't know that this June 5th, Ray Flash will be 92 years old. He was up here in the choir. Still got a voice, still can sing. I, I heard him. He's up there. He was up there in the choir. But he fought in and survived World War II. He has stories to tell. We know just recently he lost his honey. He called her honey, Mary. We remember those, every anniversary, every birthday, 
he made personal cards for his honey. I know she looked forward to them. And he told me this morning for church, it's lonely at the house. It's lonely, and it must, must be. But here's the point. Here's the point. He has every reason just to lay down and quit. But he's right back here in church. Came to two choir rehearsals that we had. He volunteered to sing in the choir. Sat beside of him in Sunday school class this morning. Why? He, he's still going on. Why? Because he found the answer to the question. The right answer. And by the way, I hadn't asked permission to... Uh, Use Ray and, and one other person I want to mention in a moment because I learned a long time ago it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission. So, so I, I just uh, I appreciate Ray. I love him. He, he actually is a neighbor of mine. just lives around the corner from, from us. And, and then I, I thought of, where's Billy Fay? Billy Fay Harvey? Where are you? Right back there. I, I, Billy Fay came to my mind. You may not know this, but uh, she lost her son. I think he was in his 20s in an in a automobile accident. And then her husband, Bob, who was a wonderful musician, I think they sang together here, and I think he led the singing some here. He passed away, and his, his wonderful singing voice, was his earthly singing voice, he's singing with the angels now, but his earthly singing voice was, was stilled by death. But Billy, Billy Faye continues to love and, and serve the Lord, and, and today she's right up here in, in the choir, I didn't talk about her age. You don't talk about that with women. I, but she was right up, right up here in the choir, but uh, not too far behind Ray. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, here she is. She's right up here in the choir. And, and if you talk to her about the heartbreaks of her life, she would tell you about these losses and, and sad things that have happened in her life. But I want you to know they are in the choir. And they still have a song to sing. And they still have a life to live. And they still have a, have a purpose in life. And, and death or sadness or grief did not take their song away. Because they have discovered that life is worth living. And you don't give up because sickness or sadness or loss comes your way because nobody can take Jesus out of your heart. And there was, a, there was an, a martyr who lived many, many centuries ago. His name was Savonarola. And they were, they were taking him to the gallows. Actually, they were taking him to the stake to burn him. And uh, as, as he was going to the stake to be burned, he started mumbling something under his breath and they didn't know what he was saying. And so somebody got over there really close to him and here's what he said. They may burn me if they wish, but they will never, ever, ever tear this living Christ out of my heart. Is life worth living? In Jesus, it is. In Jesus, it is. Martha, you want to share? I'm Martha Evans. <clears throat> Life is worth living. Amen. Amen. When I reached over 90 years old, and I've lived for Jesus almost 70 years, and he is my Savior. He gives me peace every day. He gives me joy. Though I'm alone, I am never alone. He yes. Praise God. Amen. Still, 
Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. 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 Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Let me tell you something about serving Jesus. It's not old and it's not old fashioned. It's as new every day as a sun coming up. And it is worth it. Thank you, Martha. Let's stand together, please. Stand with me. Raymond is going to come and lead us in that, in that song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And we're going to sing that together. And listen, here's the invitation. Here's the invitation. If you have not decided to follow Jesus, now is your day. Young, old, rich, poor, it makes no difference. Jesus calls us all to follow him. And if you want to come and, and kneel at this altar or just stand here, we will pray with you. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful opportunity it is to give your life to Christ. Let's sing together. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. person in this room will have to answer that question. Every one of us. And we're going to have to live with our answer. Some will be the walking dead and they'll say by the way they live that no, the life you're talking about preacher is not really worth living. And then there are others who haven't lost their smile who haven't lost their song, who still know how to get up in the morning with a positive outlook on life because they have Jesus in their hearts. And they're the ones who are saying, yes, life is worth living. There's a reason to get up. There's a reason to go on. So we thank you this morning. Oh God, Sometime, maybe even today, someone will come to grips with this question and give it the answer that will please Jesus and please all of heaven that cause the angels to rejoice and turn their heart and life over to you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you go. Thanks, Raymond. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.